Welcome in to the Bear Down Podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. Black and Abdallah every single night here on ESPN 1000. And the Bear Down Podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays throughout the football season and beyond right here on the ESPN Chicago app. How about this? New pod, new year. Nope, that doesn't work. We're still here. Same pod. We've been missing for a couple of weeks because we were on vacation. But we're back talking about the Bears after they lose to the Lions 41-10 to on Sunday. On the 1st, on New Year's Day, the Lions are now 8-8 eight and eight on the season. The Bears are 3-13. and 13. And boy, were we wrong about this team. Big picture, we were wrong about this team. And that game against the Lions, that was disappointing. Yeah, I mean, of course it was disappointing. I would say New Year, same Bears, right? Like it's Like, it's the same thing over and over again that we've become accustomed to over the last few weeks. Justin Fields is going to play well if he has time to throw, which he didn't. And then the defense is just awful. The defense is one of the worst I've ever seen. The defense is uh, a, a shadow of what it used to be or a shell of what it used to be, I guess is what it, the, the phrase, um, just a year ago, let alone two or three years ago or four years ago when they set the record for the most takeaways in a season or whatever. So it, to me, this is... I thought that the Bears would be a little bit more competitive given the, the health of the players going in. You know, like when we got word that, that um, Claypool was going to play, I was like, okay, he's healthy, he's going to play. And then he has one target. Like he wasn't really out there, you know? And then this offensive line is the worst, one of the worst, if not the worst in the NFL. And it just proves the point that we've said for the first few weeks now, or for the last few weeks now, that I, I'm, I'm not saying that this team doesn't have talent. I'm just saying that, it comes to a point when you realize that this team has so many holes to fill this offseason that Justin Fields can be the guy. We've seen the progress. Like we saw in a handful of games this year what Justin Fields can be throwing the football and running the football. But when he doesn't have time to throw the football, then he's going he's not going to be successful. Yeah, you know you nailed it on that. I, I think also, you know, what one of the things I look at is like you mentioned the offensive line. What happened? In the first quarter, they were playing well. And in the second quarter, yeah, the Lions started to score, and the Bears' defense obviously can't stop anybody. But the offense, it seemed as if they can only execute, like, 15 plays. And, like, once you move beyond the script, once you move mm-hmm. beyond uh, the initial quarter, they really can't do anything. And I don't know who to blame for that. I don't think it's the quarterback. I'm looking at the offensive line, but the offensive line has been okay at certain points this season. They've been better than we expected. You know, you talk about maybe being the worst offensive line in football, but for the most part, they've held up in the last, what, month, month and a half? And and you look at the play calling. The play calling has been bad in spots, even though the Bears are scoring more points than they, they really have in, in recent memory. I don't know. I I thought the game was just extremely disappointing and it felt like the team quit and it felt like the the organization, the front office, the players on the field, they let the quarterback down. And that's my my opinion watching the game was that there's one guy out there who is tougher than the rest and he continues to get up, he continues to get hit, he continues to fight. Meanwhile, you have guys who just are blatantly not Given a damn. What was Byron Pringle doing on that final play of the first half? 
just not just lost. See, but that's see, but that's my point. My point is that like you've got guys like Byron Pringle, and you've got guys like Equimini St. Brown, and you've got guys that aren't going to be on this team next year. And to me, that means they're going like you've got guys that are just playing out the season and just playing out their contracts, and they're not going to be here. Well, and and that's where I I think the blame has to go to Ryan Poles. You built this roster that is a detriment to the improvement of the most important player in the franchise. What was he supposed to do? And you built this roster. Hold up. You could have played players and found players in free agency and kept players on the defensive side of the ball to make this a somewhat competitive team. Are you winning a Super Bowl this year? You're not. But they could have kept things together enough so then your, your best player isn't getting killed and the team isn't giving up on him a week before the end of the season. But isn't it better to get rid of all the dead money that you have so you set yourself up for what they have next year? What they have going into next year is a potential number one draft pick. It's, it's going to be top four regardless. And also over $100 million in cap space. If you're not going to be great, if you know this team isn't going to make it to the playoffs or at least be competitive in the playoffs, isn't it better to just completely tear down all the crappy contracts that they've had over the years, get rid of all the the older players on this team, and get something for players that don't want to be here like Roquan Smith and turn that into a team that has a ton of money and all their draft picks going into next season? Theoretically... Yeah, that could be beneficial, theoretically. But that would also mean that in the draft, Ryan Poles has to hit in this upcoming draft. And in free agency, he needs to sign the best players to fix the roster. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of pressure. And it's a lot of pressure in a situation that you're in a league where you don't have to do that. See what I'm saying? Uh, There may or may not be a topic in the future on Bluck and Abdallah, Talking about another team that hired a first-year head coach who had a crappy quarterback who had really no reason to have hope for this season that's a playoff team this year in the same conference, Mm -hmm. the New York Giants. Yeah. We had conversations at this time last year about possible candidates to replace Matt Nagy. And one of those names was Brian Dable. Mm -hmm. He was a hot name from the jump. And he got a team that didn't have a lot of talent into the playoffs. So theoretically, having cap space and having draft picks should allow you to go somewhere. But there's no guarantee. No. What, what there is, is there is uh, the guarantee that if you have teams that are close, you could, you could continue to win and progress towards something. I, I don't think the only way to do this is to tear it all down. I don't think I, it was a complete disservice to Fields, and it was on display against the Lions. How poorly uh, this season has gone, and how bad this roster is constructed. And I'm sorry, you can blame the last guy, Ryan Pace, for for the botched job in the kitchen, but you're the one that decided to remodel. And to do a redo, and okay. unfortunately, at this point, it looks really bad. Okay, but what about the games where they put up 33, 29, 32, 30, 24, 20? Like, what about those games? How many games did you win? That my, One of those. But my point is that... Yeah, the defense. The defense. If the defense was improved, okay. perhaps if you had a couple of players... But what happened? But we all knew the defense was going to be crap as soon as they traded away those players. But, but okay, in, in those games that you mentioned... Could you have won two or three of them if you still had Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith? Maybe. 
Okay, it's a little bit different vibe but again, than what we were seeing. Trade players who Roquan Smith didn't want to be here. He you, wasn't going to. Do you resign. think Roquan Smith would just give up? No, but he also said he didn't want to be here. Oh, okay, but if you if you placate the Roquan Smith now, there's going to be another Roquan Smith. In but the isn't it more beneficial to get a second round pick? So like, for him? Just wait for a year until uh, Jalen Johnson doesn't want to be here. Okay, anymore. that might be next year. That's my, that's my point. Year. Okay, then he doesn't want to be here. Then you trade him for picks, and you get more picks. That's how it works. You don't want to be here? Fine. I'll take the picks. I'll I think, draft another Jalen Johnson. Trust me, Jalen Johnson's replaceable. I'm Roquan not saying, Smith's a little more tough, but Jalen Johnson's replaceable. I'm not saying they're not. All I'm saying is it's a little difficult to just assume a teardown will then lead to something more prosperous in the future. No, of course it is. But and I st- and in, the, in the process of doing so, you could have really severely injured your quarterback because of the incompetence you've placed around him. But they didn't. They haven't yet. Okay, there's one game left and he might not play. And I think that, it's to me, it's more beneficial to get rid of all of the crap that you had and move on and get younger and get hungrier and get better that way. And having all these draft picks and having all the money, to me, is more beneficial. Now, going back to the offensive line real quick, I looked up the numbers. Um, so they're... Dead last in sacks allowed, obviously. They're dead last in sack rate. They're uh, 26th in hit, hurry, or sack rate with 29%. They're 25th in yards per carry, um, so they're not good. They used to be good at running the football. They're the worst offensive line in the NFL. The worst offensive line. And usually, like, pro football focus will, like, find, and people will be like, what do you mean? They were ranked 17th. They were ranked 16th. Right. No, they are dead last. By, like, the most generous of football websites that is pro football focus. So they're the worst. They're the worst. And you need multiple pieces around. Like, Tevin Jenkins is hurt and comes back and tries to play and then gets hurt again. Like, you have have some pieces there, but you need to completely, which is why, like, I look more and more at trading the pick back and getting more players and drafting more offensive linemen or paying offensive, whatever you got to do, because... This to me, that's everything. Like this team isn't a Will Anderson or Jalen Carter away from winning a Super Bowl. No, they're not. So, and, and I don't even know if one of those players. I think you're right. I, I think the lack of talent all over the roster indicates you just need as many picks as possible. Yeah. And you're going to have to hope that you you select players that maybe play above where they're drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think this whole conversation also goes back to this idea that in the short amount of time that we've seen from Ryan Poles, he's reached. And that was a, an, an issue that we had with the last guy. I mean, just look at the wide receiver position. The Velas Jones selection out of Tennessee, adding in the Chase Claypool that you're giving up a second-round pick next year for, you still need... Like three or four wide receivers for your wide receiver core. Yeah, and Mooney being hurt hurts this team a lot too. Like, of course, they, like they lost a lot when Mooney went out. Like we may think we may think and know that he is a uh, a good number two and a great number three, but like when you take away your quarterback's most valuable weapon, sure, it, it was a problem. Like the second he got hurt, also Eddie Jackson being hurt hurt this defense a lot too. I think. Um, you know, Khalil Herbert being hurt for a few games, that hurt this offense a lot too. Like, there's, there, you can blame a lot of things. There's a lot of excuses to be made. But the fact of the matter is that this team isn't as competitive 
in these last few games that we thought that they would be. Well, I, I don't mind uh, a guy missing here, missing there, and you losing. I, I'm not complaining about the losing. I'm, I'm complaining about the fashion in which they lost against the Lions. Yeah. The Detroit Lions. We're Bears fans. We grew up in this city supporting this team. I hate the Lions. When have the Lions ever been good? They had a couple of years Stafford to Megatron. I get it. A couple of years. The Lions are the losers of the division. And they beat your brains in on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That was pathetic. Wasn't even close. Mm-mm. And like that to me is what I find uh, so irritating. And also, I think I'm not saying this to get a reaction from people, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on this this side of the the fence on this this topic. I don't know what we were doing hiring Matt Eberflus, and I I like the way that he's been like a stable CEO level. Uh, head coach, and we also have given him credit because he's the one that found Luke Getze, so I give some of the offensive improvement to Eberflus, but when you look around the league, offensive-minded coaches are the ones that run everything, and this team defensively gave up this season. That, to me, is a major problem, and there's head coaches who are rumored out there, right? Sean Payton's going to be in the conversation this offseason. He's probably going to be priced way out of the Bears' range, Jim Harbaugh, now uh, there's reports from The Athletic in the last two days suggesting that if the Broncos offer a job to Harbaugh, he will take it. Uh, there are big names the that Panthers are out there too, supposedly. who are much better coaches than Eberflus. Yeah. And Eberflus might be okay someday. But there are names that are going to be out there that are better names than the, than the head coach that the Bears have right now. And I don't see any redeeming qualities to suggest that the Bears have their guy for the future. I think they have their quarterback for the future, but I'm not sold on the head coach. And what I saw against the Lions, that was pathetic the way that went down. Well, there's a chance, too. Like, let's say he's not the guy. There's a chance that you fire him and you could elevate Getze to be your head coach if you think he's the guy. But as soon as I saw, well, you can make those faces and roll your eyes, but that's what people look. How long did it take Dable to do it? Like, if he's doing this with Justin Fields, what's the difference? You know what I mean? Like why? Like my, why? My point is not that we need to elevate Luke Getzey. No, my point, point is, is that you that, want an offensive guy. Luke no, Getzey's the next guy. My point is that the Bears made a move for a defensive-minded guy, and the defense is horrific. And then on top of that, there's going to be high-profile names that are available. Yeah, and the Bears are are not. They're they're just going to no, pass. But you knew that that's what the Bears are going to do. The Bears have always snip snapped, right? The Bears have never just tried again. The Bears have always gone. To the extreme opposite. You went from Lovey Smith to Mark Tressman to John Fox to Matt Nagy to now Matt Eberflus. There's never a, hey, let's try a different offensive guy. No, it's always been. Those last names that I've mentioned, it's always the complete opposite. Yeah. You went from stoic defensive guy in Lovey Smith to... Uh, the bookworm offensive guy in Mark Tressman. Then you went to hard-nosed John Fox. Then you went to new guy Matt Nagy. And now you went back to hard-nosed defense in Matt Eberflus. Like, there's no, hey, let's take a step back and just say, well, this didn't work. Now we got to do the opposite. This didn't work. Now we got to do the opposite. So I'm sure the next guy will be an offensive guy. 
And that'll be the move because that's just what the Bears do. The Bears never just try the same thing again, but try to get the guy right. Being like, hey, the move is to go with the offensive guy. Let's try to get Brian Dable, even though everybody knew Brian Dable wanted the New York job because he's a New York guy and was only going to take that job. But that's the first thing I thought of on, on Sunday after those games were over and I saw the Giants win and clinch a playoff spot. The first thing I thought was, well, that's Tuesday. Because like that, that's what it is. You had two coaching candidates out there and Matt Eberflus was one for the Bears. But Brian Dable was out there and people wanted Brian Dable. Whether he wanted the job or not is his business. But the point is that you've got a guy who is yeah. ready to become a head coach who has now proven that he can take a, a I look, Daniel Jones might be fine, but he's not great. I still think Justin Fields has the talent to be better than him. And you could imagine what Dable could be doing with Justin Fields now. It doesn't mean that the defense is still going to be there. It doesn't mean that the defense will will be helped at all. So, so here's my, my like thought in thinking that if Dable is here, is this team giving up at the end of the season and only winning three games? Well, yes and no, because I don't know, man. Well, no, but you got to think about it this way, right? Like, if Dable's here, they could still trade away all the defensive players sure. and still move on from everybody, and this team could still be giving up 41 points to the Lions. Will they be in more games? I can argue that they were in enough games to say that if Brian Dable would here, it probably wouldn't have made a difference because they got the problem this year has been the defense. Yeah, sure, this last game where they only scored 10 points and the handful of games, but when we see it working and guys are healthy... The Bears have been in these games. It hasn't been the offense that has let this team down. No, it's not the offense. It's been guys like Vilas Jones dropping balls or muffing punts. It's been guys uh, that I can never remember his name to save my damn life against the Vikings. Smith-Marset. Yes, Smith-Marset getting the ball literally ripped away from his hands. It's not, and yes, are those offensive guys? Sure, they're offensive guys, but those aren't Matt Eberflus moves. Those are Ryan Pohl's moves. Well, and, and that's why I mentioned, you know, the defense is what is so concerning. I, I'm not seeing any schematic improvement or anything positive from the defensive side. And we can continue to point to players being traded away or injuries. I mean, they're all professional NFL players. At a certain point, yeah. you have some level of uh, backbone. They're, it's concerning that they, they gave they up were, with a defensive coach as your head coach. That, and that's yeah. that's my point yes. to this entire thing is that he's a defensive coach and the defense has completely given up on the season. And when you look at yards per rush against the Lions, the, the Lions, every single time they ran the football, they were gaining a first down. Mm-hmm. Yards yeah. per rush against the Lions, 9.1. Mm-hmm. That. Abdallah, you and I host the, the college football show on our station, Chicago's College Tailgate. That's Big 12, Pac-12 numbers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, where a team just, it's, it's air raid, and they run the football oh, every yeah. other play, and they're just gaining yard. That's Oregon Ducks under... Who's, whose defense is worse, USC's or Under the Bears? Chip Kelly. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what's so sad about it? No, that's is, mean to is, you. That was mean almost, to you. I'm sorry. They, no, in watching them, they almost are exactly the same. They cannot get to the quarterback to save their life, and their secondary doesn't know how to tackle. They just look slow. So they're just holding on both, for dear both life. Both of them. And I felt hoping like... Hoping the, the runner tires and just lays down. But the difference is, you've got Lincoln Riley, who's an offensive guy, but Eberflus is supposed to be... The, like, this hits principle, while we mock it, 
is supposed to hold players to a higher standard. And it's not. And it's not right now. I, I would say my answer would be USC. And the reason being is USC's defense did show up against Notre Dame and made plays. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. The Bears' defense, at what point this season did they show up and oh, make plays? Oh, they've showed up. They've to, to win a game? Shown up. No, to win a game. They played decent in a couple they, of games. There's a couple of guys that made plays. Yeah. A Brisker interception, a Gordon interception. A couple of them. Maybe yeah. a first skirt sack. But to me, that's... But when all, have they won a game because of the defense? No, they haven't. But that, to me, is the like the light at the end of the tunnel, is that you still have guys that are making flashy plays, and that's like what we saw from Fields a year ago, right? Like, we saw moments, and I feel like that's what you see with certain guys on the defense, is like, we see moments. Like, Kyler Gordon has had good moments. He had an awful game against the Lions. They picked him apart on Sunday. But you've seen flashes, and so maybe next year he takes that next step and becomes a better player. Same with Jaquan Jaquan Brisker. He's had bad games, but he's had a lot of good flashes. Eddie Jackson, when he was healthy, completely changed his his season so far. He had interceptions, he was playing well, and then he got hurt. Look at Cole Komet. Like, Cole Komet has probably been the most improved. Him and Justin Fields have probably been the two most improved Bears this season, right? He's become a go-to weapon for Justin Fields. He's still not the best tight end in the league, but he's still a great, a good player. He's a good player on this team. So to me, there are still flashes where you can add and this team can be competitive next year. This is still going to be a longer process. It's probably not going to be next. Like, I'm not going to pick them to make the playoffs next year, depending on what they do. Well, well think about the, the amount of moves that would have to be made. The, they would have to sign two offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They would have to find a guy who we hope would turn into a number one wide receiver, I'm assuming in the first round of the draft. Mm-hmm. At that point, then they would have to fill in all these little spots defensively that there, there's linebacker, holes. Another cornerback, yeah. a linebacker, mm-hmm. a defensive end, mm-hmm. uh, defensive tackle. Yeah. I mean, they would have to sign so many players mm-hmm. for the opinion to change on what they can do next season. It's just not going to happen. Well, I mean, I think and, they and that's can be... Why, and that's why I feel... Uh, it is the the off season. Obviously, is one of the most important off seasons in Bears history. But the way they start next year is going to be important because if they go out and the defense looks like this in the first month of the year, how, the, there's going to be problems. And you better mm-hmm. believe that we're going to continue to point out that this is a defensive minded head coach with oh, a yeah. terrible defense. Absolutely, and I think that you could probably see a scenario where Fields maybe outlasts another coaching staff. Like I could see that if they think if he improves next year and they add offensive line and he gets a better wide receiver and he's putting up numbers, but this defense is still giving up 35 points a game. I could definitely see fields getting the extension that the coaching staff does not and that you move on again and maybe you promote Getsy or you move on from someone else or whatever. All right, good Bears conversation. As we head towards week 18 in the NFL, the Bears face off against the Minnesota Vikings. That game will be on Sunday at noon at Soldier Field. Bears hosting the Vikings. The Vikings playoff team, they look terrible. Uh, We'll continue to preview uh, that game this week on Thursday as the Bear Down podcast returns. So Vikings, Bears week, the final week of the regular season in the NFL. Week 18 here on the Bear Down podcast. We'll talk to you on Thursday right here on the ESPN Chicago app. They're terrible.